Hey everyone and welcome to Any New Shows, the best podcast on the internet. We suggest <laughs> shows for each other. <laughs> what? Is that all right? That's freaking yeah, that's awesome. All right, all right cool. Uh, we're, we're brother and sister. We suggest shows for each other. I really like scripted TV. I really like reality TV. Yes. Wait. <laughs> um, and we discuss it, right? That's what we do. That's what this that's is. What, that's what we do. I'm Emma. Oh, and I'm Chris. That's the other, yeah, I'm Chris. This is Emma. Um, hey, I've got a little ditty to start off this uh, this week's episode. You ready? A ditty? Oh, I thought, we, is it another trivia question that I'm just going to completely nail or just? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Okay. It, worked, it worked well last week. So it is, a, it is a trivia question, but the deal with this week is I don't care what your answer is. The only reason I'm asking you is so that you can then give me some sort of an answer and then ask me back again and then I can rant about it. Does that sound all right? Okay. <laughs> Dude, this is classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. All right, cool. Hit me. Yeah. All right. So here is this week's trivia question. Uh -huh. What do you, Emma, consider to be a cold open in film and television? Okay, so a cold open being as, as in like the first episode or the first part of the film is kind of a bit of a drab but then it gets better? Or do you mm -hmm. mean like, oh, they release it, kind of do a bit of a soft release of it early before they do the major launch of it? One of those two things. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, fair answer. I um, have a rant for you. So. Okay. <laughs> That's unusual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah. Um, this is an article written by Ma uh, Master. It's on the Masterclass website, right? Um, okay. which is basically just, you know, uh, masters in their field, teaching certain things about what they do. Sometimes it's celebrities, you know, um, famous artists, that sort of thing. Right. Um, so anyways. we should really, we should really be on this website talking about, you know, how to podcast about talking about TV. Basically. I know. I know. Yeah. Totally. A lot of people would get in, get involved in that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from this website, all right? So it says here, a cold open, short for cold opening, is a narrative technique in film and television shows that immerses viewers in the story's action from the first shot. Oh. Also known as a teaser sequence, a cold open typically features principal characters and introduces the narrative's tone. Okay. okay. Um, TV shows, sitcoms and dramas employ cold opens to win the audience's attention and keep them from channel surfing. These cold opens will usually fall before the theme song or opening credits. In film, a cold open might introduce the main character and tee up the plot line. Cold opens can operate as a standalone prologue, um, a setup for a sequence of events or a teaser of what's to come. Okay, so from right. that, I would say that it, it, it has, to, has to have something to do with the story, basically, right? Okay, They've, yeah. They've given five examples here of cold opens. I'm just going to give you a couple. All yeah, right? could you? The, yeah, yeah. So the first one is um, The Office, and it says here, a workplace comedy. The Office often employs cold openings that juxtapose the mundanity of an office of an office and the absurdity of the colourful characters therein. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Second one, Saturday Night Live. Um, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. They do uh, cold opens operate a little bit differently in, in Saturday Night Live. Each SNL episode opens with a skit, often often prompted by the week's current events. Um, mm -hmm. They've got here Game of Thrones. Uh, I won't go into the, the last one I'll bring up is Breaking Bad. It says here, 
the TV show drama, uh, t this TV drama's cold opens expanded the enriched, uh, sorry, expanded and enriched the world of the show and sometimes had nothing to do with the plot of the episode. And then it goes mm -hmm. into the opening credits and we start the episode, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I wouldn't call that like a, a cold opening. I call that like a, yeah, just a freaking opening. You're so right. Like, yeah, mm. buzzword. Yeah. It is a buzzword. And I, it's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sick of hearing it because, like, the even this guy who's I a master, it. he's trying to teach you how to, you haven't heard it before? No. I started hearing it when, um, I started hearing it when I was listening to a Seinfeld podcast, which is two um, fans of Seinfeld um, breaking apart each of the episodes. And in Seinfeld, it opens with with Jerry doing a stand-up comedy routine. But then when it hits season seven or possibly six, um, they started, they got rid of that and started doing um, just yeah. like an opening scene. And pretty much every single time, like Friends, like you were describing, it had nothing to do with the, with the storyline of that particular episode. And mm. I feel like if anything... The word, the word cold implies that it has nothing to do with the storyline. So I, I would if anything, if I was, if I was labeling, if, if you asked me that question before I sort of researched it, I would have said an opening scene that has nothing to do with the plot line. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, this guy talks about how it has to be done with, has to, has, has to um, have something to do with the plot except is, is um, example of Breaking Bad, where it says they quite often have nothing to do with the plot. It's it's stupid. It's such a stupid word. Sorry, there's my rant. Right. rant. Okay, Over. so in saying that, though, can you put, put comments under the articles written on this master's website? Um, because you know what, if you can, I could just transcribe the conversation we've just had and we could just, you know, drop it in. <laughs> you know what? I'll um I'll call my agent and get his phone number, mate. How about that? Yeah, yes. Talk to your people. Mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's now, going on with you, mate? Yeah, well, listen, I've got I've got a new show actually um, that oh, I've been watching. Nice. Yeah, mm. I I got really into watching the docu series on Netflix called The Staircase. I don't know if you've seen it or heard about it, but it's it's uh, pretty popular. Um, I remember about, you, you mentioning it that you liked it, yeah. Yeah, it's another true crime, you know. It's everybody, but it's it's actually it's probably about six or seven years old now. But um, the story of a guy, he's an author, um, finds his wife dead at the bottom of the stairs, and um, you know, then goes through a trial of, you know, um, he's um, he's on trial for her murder. Um, anyway, it's an excellent, I think, six or seven piece, six or seven episode docu series. But they've just come out with. The dramatized, the scripted version of it, which stars Colin Firth and Tony Collette. Um, and I have to admit, when I first started watching it, I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm into this because I've seen the docu series, so I've actually seen it play out in real life, and this is basically just you know the dramatized version of it. But they've done it so well um, that I'm really gripped, and they're doing it not like the net. It's it's not like the Netflix thing of dumping the entire season in one go and then you can binge it in a night. Um, they're only releasing an episode every week. So it's it's sort of a nice one to look forward to, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So, But I, I recommend it. And I think both of them are called The Staircase. So, yeah, I highly recommend it. But yeah, that was me kind of veering, I guess, blurring my own lines between reality and scripted, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> would, you, would you say, like, go and check out the documentary? 
documentary series before the true to life one i reckon you could do it either way around either way okay. um although yeah the the docu series is especially if you've if you don't know the story and you don't know anything about it watching the docu series is just like mind blowing because there's so many twists and turns that happen while it's being filmed and you're just like what the fuck like this is right. this story is nuts like these guys that got onto it and started filming it as a documentary must have just been like how the fuck did we land on such solid gold you know like mm-hmm, this is nuts mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah so it, it obviously then makes for an excellent drama series as well but yeah highly recommend it go, um if you get a chance um to check so wait it out. the story did you say the story evolved evolved as they were making the docuseries yeah because they're fully documenting cool. like him with his lawyers working out his case all that sort of stuff so like Basically, from the minute he gets his lawyers involved, they get a phone call from these documentarians saying, oh, you know, we're, we're interested in the story. Can we come and film? And they decide, yeah, it could help the case, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So they're there watching everything the whole, all through the trial. Uh, and then they come back six or seven years later, or maybe it's longer, um, and sort of film, I guess, more closer to present day um, and where the whole family is at and all that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah, it's um, such an interesting story. And because the guy was quite an interesting character and he was a public figure and yeah it's uh it's it's a good it's a goodie such a goodie oh he was a public figure oh that's interesting that adds well, he, quite an element he was an author and then i think he was running for local government he was a crime author i think um, oh wow okay right yeah all right you um, piqued my interest mm, yeah I, I yeah i reckon you'd like it but anyway awesome. let's wish we should jump into to our uh, the, the two suggestions we made last week. Um, mm-hmm. n- now, I suggested Vanderpump Rules. Uh, you suggested Pam and uh, Tommy. Pam and Tommy, episode one. Now, uh, I gave you. Now, let me just remember what it was. Okay, so do you mind? Should we go through Vanderpump first? Because I'm I'm very interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so it was season two, episode 14, called I Lied, and it's actually the last episode of season two. So it's an interesting one mm-hmm. for me to get you to um, <clears throat> to, to enter in with. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I'll get, well, firstly, let's do a little bit of background in, into Vanderpump Rules. So it premiered in 2013, and it's actually a spin-off of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because it's centered around um, a restaurant called Sir, which is owned by one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So how they premiered it was very Ah. tricky. Basically, there's a girl that works in the restaurant. She's sleeping with one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills' ex-husband. So there's crossover. um, And basically what they do is they, they played it as a continuation of an episode of Beverly Hills. So you're sitting there watching this episode of Beverly Hills Housewives and then all of a sudden you're watching these kids in a restaurant and you're like, what's going on? And this episode's really long. Um, so it's quite, it was a clever way for them to get the viewers into uh, into Vanderpump and it, it actually it worked really well. So mm-hmm. it centres around this authentic group of friends um, that work in a West Hollywood restaurant. Similar to what we're saying about how Below Deck is a little bit of lightning in a bottle as far as you know, how brilliant it is as, as a, I guess, almost like a docu-series. Um, 
this is kind of similar because it is a very authentic world. It's an authentic group of friends. They are actually young uh, servers in this restaurant. They're, you know, all seeking fame. They're so LA. They're so fame hungry. They're so bitchy. They're so extra that, you know, um, and so the first couple of seasons were, were amazing because they were still sort of on that, on the cusp of fame, but not there yet. They were still really thirsty. Um, and mm -hmm. I'd say probably we get to about season six and then it starts to go downhill because obviously they're now famous and they're still pretending to work in the restaurant and the, the show gets a little bit more fabricated. Mm -hmm. but, the re but the reason it's called Vanderpump Rules is that the owner of the restaurant is Lisa Vanderpump, the Beverly Hills ah. housewife. And so she plays this very matriarchal um, character throughout. She's obviously their boss, but um, uh, it's pretty much just her way of the highway throughout it all. Um, and she sort of steers the steers the show. Lisa's great. Yeah, she is. She's she's an excellent character in this. I much prefer her in this than in the Housewives. But so for this particular episode, the reason I got you to jump in at the last episode of this season is because it does open with a review of the season um, and gives you an idea of the absolute clusterfuck of drama that's happened in the season. So you get this mm. sort of you get this um, quick kind of rundown of everything that's happened and then it, you sort of jump into the, I guess, the pinnacle of the drama for the season. So what did you think? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I mean, you, you really, you got to, once you get past the whole, you know, pretty people running around on camera thing. Um, yeah, it they're is all quite gorgeous. A good yeah, yeah, really. Um, mm. It is a... It is a really, really intriguing show. And because, you know, um, myself and you have, wor have worked in that environment as well. Um, yeah. It's uh, uh, relatable, I guess, in that sense. <clears throat> um, yeah. I only just, I only just watched it. Um, mm. But I think I will go back and watch more of it. I am, I am intrigued by it. I really am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I thought you might be just because we do know that world of, I guess, working in hospitality and stuff. But this is just on another level. Just. Oh, yeah. They're all horrible people. Yeah, I thought the same. I really liked uh, Stassi. Is that her name? The main girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I liked her. I mean, she seemed to be the only sane one, in my opinion, um, from this one short episode. But she, she said at one point, she was like, because most of the episode is them in their swimming gear around the pool taking photos. That's most of this, this episode. Um, yeah, they're doing, their said, they're doing a photo shoot, yeah. Yeah, and she said, she said all of this for a restaurant. It's like, yeah, what the fuck? It, since, I mean, we never did photo shoots, mate. It's no, crazy. But we, yeah, but we weren't we weren't in a bar in LA. So I think um, it, does that happen in bars in LA, or is it just because they're on the show? Like, does that not, happen for like really high end bars, or so? So they actually have addressed this in a couple of the reunions that apparently in LA, especially in these kind of places that are frequented by celebrities and that sort of thing, that uh -huh. when you drop your CV off to be a, a server or whatever, a waitress, whatnot, uh -huh. um, that you have to bring in your headshots as well so you have to submit okay. your cv with your headshots so basically you're being rated on your hotness you you're not going to get hired if you're not attractive you know that's so brutal so brutal um but yeah i just think 
honestly, it's interesting you say that about Stassi because the show really does centre around her and then Jax, who's the guy that has cheated with the other girl or whatever. Yeah, and um, isn't Jax Stassi's ex-partner? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. So so it sort of centres around them and then Tom Sandoval, who's the guy that is cheated on by his mm-hmm. girlfriend. And then they're all, you know, like this intertwined um, mm-hmm. group of friends. Mm-hmm. But Stasi's almost like the kind of mean girl leader of the pack. You know right. what I mean? So you've got your main girl, which is Stasi, and then you've got your jock, which is Jack, and then Jacks, I mean, and then you've kind of got your like hot, but kind of weirdly intellectual dude, which is Tom Sandoval, and you, like all the all the players are there. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's such a it's such a melting pot of just personalities, which is and it's this weird kind of um, what's the word? It's almost like a hierarchy that kind of works until the bubble bursts. So, for example. Mm-hmm. Stasi mm-hmm. actually got cancelled last year. Like full Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler. She got cancelled because mm. Jax was this is a bit of a bit of a story. Jax was dating a new girl Brittany that they all loved. They're actually now married and have a baby. But they they were dating and Jax cheated on Brittany with a girl. And this girl was black and Stasi and her friend Kristen saw on the news that a black woman had, I don't know, committed some crime and there was security footage of her and it was sort of, I think they were sort of like, you know, if anyone's seen this girl or whatever. And I believe that Stasi and Kristen contacted the police and said, we know who it is, it's this girl um, that Jax had cheated okay. on Brittany with. So she then obviously got... Uh, taken into custody and questioned and whatever, and obviously they realised it wasn't her or whatnot. But okay. what happened, What she then went on a podcast years later, like two or three years later, um, and explained that, that you know, she was treated quite poorly when she was um, taken into custody and that, you know, that Kristen and Stasi probably didn't understand the danger they were putting her in just to get back at her for cheating, you know, with Jax. Um, that as a black woman, you know, being put taken into police custody is actually incredibly dangerous. And and not only is it dangerous for her, but just incredibly racist that they just went, oh, well, here's a black woman on TV that's committed a crime and here's another black woman, you know, so we'll just dob her in sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, hang on, wait, but their intention was to uh, was just to set her up. Like they didn't actually think that she'd done it. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I believe so. That's horrible. Um, That's horrible. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think Stasi had a very successful podcast, and she was sort of known to, you know, just say some um, uh, pretty controversial things, silly, ignorant things. Um, and anyway, so all of this yeah. sort of came out, and she basically was cancelled, and she was fired from the show. Um, so she's since she's since sort of okay. come back and 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 done a few things to try and redeem herself and her brand um but it was but it was kind of almost like the bubble had to burst with her eventually because she did sort of have this uh I'll get away with anything because the show can't go on without me I'm 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 the queen bee you know right yeah I see I see um, recipe so for, for disaster <clears throat> yeah exactly so so it's an interesting it's interesting and this is the thing with reality tv is that um is that it's not like scripted where someone's personal life 
you know, an actor's personal life sometimes doesn't make headlines or, you know, or it's, you're expected to keep it private because, you know, or asked to keep their personal lives private or whatever. But with the reality side of things, uh, the lines are completely blurred. I mean, we're watching their lives play out. We're watching them be who they are on TV. So you're getting sort of little insights mm-hmm. into their personality. So you can judge them based on what, you, what you're watching. Um, yeah, that's a very good point, Emma. But, and, and look, there's so much that I, when I was watching, re-watching this episode, I just thought to myself, oh, my gosh, this was only 10 years ago, but there's so much in this episode that just probably wouldn't be tolerated in today's media. Like there are a few, a few. You mean the episode that I've just watched? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you want to give me some examples? Oh, look, I I think that I feel like, you know, SLUTs dropped maybe once or twice or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, even the talk about violence. Shit. No, no. (laughs) SLUT. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think. Sorry, sorry, mate. Yeah, my I was reading something. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I just thought you didn't want to say the word shit. I'm sorry. Dude, come on, it's me, of course. But yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that's dropped once or twice, and I think the boys go to get a bit violent, um, or there's talk of violence, or they do get violent, and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. I feel probably wouldn't be tolerated on the television these days, especially mm-hmm. in a reality setting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that the world's really changed since this episode came out. Yeah, but- I agree. I agree. Ten, ten years ago, uh, television was in a, a very different state in, in that regard. Mm. But look, all that aside, as far as entertainment goes, um, I do think, yeah, definitely go back and watch it from the start because it is, it's very interesting to see how they all evolve. And it? it's, it's very interesting to see where they all are now as well. Um, but... Mm. But yeah, I think that like really, this really was the heyday when, when they were just young and dumb and, and just going for it, you know, just they, yeah, fame hungry, gorgeous. So how old are they? How old are they in this episode? Uh, early twenties. Yeah, yeah, they look like like quite early twenties. Yeah, twenty one, twenty two. Y- yeah, I might be so. Wrong. So the show, I think it's been about 12, 13 years since mm-hmm. the first episode. Uh, well, yeah, um, since I first started filming. So it's so they're all, yeah, now sort of the mid, mid-30s, I guess, early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just kids. I mean, um, like with Tom, who's, you know, this episode's really centred around Hey, he's just in, it's so fucking obvious that she's cheating on him. Um, but, you know, he's just in such crazy denial. It just seems like he just doesn't have enough life experience to know what's happening right in front of his face, you know? Oh my gosh, such a good point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so frustrating to watch because you're like, what the hell, man? Like, yeah, she's, she's fully cheating. But then how's the revelation finally at the very end when they're in the bar? I think it's one of the girls' engagements party. And Stasi said Stasi pulls her aside to apologize for slapping her in a previous episode. Yeah. And she just goes, I can't even look at you. I've just got to, I've just got to tell you. Yep, I cheated. And you're just like, whoa. Whoa. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully. Cause she's like, she's she's 
quite a good actress, really, like throughout the episode in lying to him. Like she lies well, man. And like, um, even though, you know, she's, she's lying. um, I did not expect her to turn around like within a couple of hours and then like show up to the party as well. The fact they're still together as well. Like what the fuck? And Tom's just sitting there like, yeah, yeah. You know, we've had this conversation and everything's all good. What the fuck, dude? She's lied to your face I for know. so and long. The, and the, the thing is like knowing Tom now, like the evolution he's gone through as a man, the, the Tom now would never, you know, he just seems so meek in this episode where it's like, what the hell man? Like you're not even happy anyway. So what? what's, what's, what are you doing? But mm-hmm. The other thing too is he ends up hitting Jax, doesn't he? He goes he into does. the garden he's... and hits Jax. No, 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 I'm... it's inside. And he says to him, hey, Jax, you know how you said you don't feel anything. Can you feel this? Oh, <laughs> it was yeah. quite a good line. Yeah, it was a great line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, yeah, it's it actually, it's, it's actually quite high drama this last episode, but I think they do that on purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just, well, it's, it's brilliant. It, it and then is, there's, oh, and then there's, really good episode. then there's Sheena, the most like self-obsessed character of them all. That's, it's her engagement party. And she's just, she said, has to make it about us, which fair enough, it's her engagement party. But, yeah. you know, she's like sobbing, just like, she was so close to hitting me. I've just had dental surgery. And it, like, oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had my teeth done and she almost hit me. It's so funny. And Lisa's there consoling her like, all right, get over yeah. it, grow up. Yeah. Like, it's so good. Well, I think this is the great thing about Lisa is that because she's got that real, like, stiff upper lip kind of British mentality, their mm. kind of, their drama is so massive and she's just kind of like, oh, pull yourself together. Like, constantly, that's, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's her, mm-hmm. that's that's sort of her MO is, like, just pull yourself together and get over it, you know? She, she's, she's great. I think um, she, she was definitely my favourite person on the show um yeah I feel like she really knows how to how to like work the show and the camera um she's a good producer yeah is she is she a producer I think she actually is one of the producers on the show but as far as just like being a producing while she's while she's in it I think she's very she's very good at it you know oh agreed because that was the point that I was going to make like um like she one, one point that I've got here is that she talks to Tom like the audience feels, you know, like she, she, the words that she says to Tom uh, by the pool is what you're thinking is what you would want to scream to him. If you, if you were yeah. talking to him, but um, the way she the, delivers, it gets across he, the way she delivers it is so different to the way anyone else would that. It, and, and the fact that they respect her so much, so they sit there and listen, you know, yeah. it's, it sort of works really well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. The the other moment I've got here, sorry, that more relates to her sort of almost being an on-camera producer, um, is that she had in the restaurant, she has a really um, brutally forward conversation with Tom. Um, but I feel like she does that because she wants shit, she wants shit to kick off that night. Like mm-hmm. she, she, she wants it for the camera. Like I really get that impression. Yeah. She's um, brilliant at it. She does it with Stassi as well. Cause she says to Stassi, you need to go and apologize for slapping Kristen. And yeah. so she's, she's setting up these scenes for the cameras to follow and to capture 
the drama, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know whether that's her just being really clued in. Maybe she is a producer or maybe, um, you know, she's, she's sort of led in that direction. She's told that she needs mm. to do it this way. I, I don't really know. I think, I, I think that she, I'm not sure whether she's a producer in the first couple of seasons, but she certainly is in the later seasons. It's actually possible that she is a producer throughout the whole thing. Um, mm. But she'd just be, you know, an executive produ- producer. I don't know whether she would be at, yeah, I, yeah. Um, she's clever and she always was like this on mm-hmm. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as well. In fact, mm-hmm. it took, she was in Beverly Hills from the start and then I think she exits in about season six or seven or whatever and she actually exits because she's basically chased out by the other cast members because they clue into what she does, which is produce. So she uh. she she starts to quite obviously set up scenes to create storyline and the girls all, all kind of clue into it and they're like, no, we're not going to be your puppets anymore. But it works in Vanderpump Rules because she's the boss, so they have to be her puppets. Um, so so her, her talents in doing that work really well on this show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, she's perfect for it in that, in that sort of boss role, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's interesting she's the, if you. She's keep... the most appealing person on the show as well. I feel like. Um, oh but, yeah, you know, I've oh, only definitely. seen one episode. Oh my god, and she's gorgeous. Like this woman's like in her sixties or something. She's just like she's gorgeous. Is it? Is it her? Who is it? Her partner, the guy who's sort of just there with her throughout the episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not that I don't. Uh, he's the older guy with blonde hair that always holds the dog. That's her husband. Because the, when they were at the they were at the photo shoot at the pool, she, most of the time Lisa was on like a couch sitting next to an older guy. I just assumed that was her partner, but he didn't say anything. Yeah, I think that's Ken. Yes, who I have actually okay. met. Oh no, um, shit. Well, I took when my partner Luke and I were in LA last. I took him down to West Hollywood because she just opened a new bar with the Tom, Tom Sandoval, and then there's another Tom. Cool. It's called, it's called Tom Tom, <laughs> like, strangely enough. Um, okay. And it, it, it's quite, it's actually, really, it's awesome. So I said to mm-hmm. Luke, I want to go down there and check out this bar. And so we went down there and Ken, the husband, was sitting out the front with the little dog. And I kind of oh. went nuts. <laughs> yeah, oh, <I> <laughs> Meanwhile, though, Luke had never seen any of it, so he had no context for this at all. So he's got no idea why I'm freaking why I'm freaking out of this strange looking old man with a tiny dog. Um, but but now that Luke did you go and there, say hello? Like, was it a actually? Did you actually talk to him? Well, yeah, we did because it was too early for us to. It was. It wasn't open yet, so he was sort of sitting out the front with another guy, and they were like, "Oh, it's not open yet." And I was like, oh, yeah, "Okay." <laughs> and and Luke's like, "Oh, yeah, no dramas. We'll come back, you know, whatever." And I was just like starstruck. I was like, "Holy shit!" Luke actually had to like drag me away, and I was like, "You don't get it. That's Lisa's husband." He's like, "Who's Lisa? Who like who cares?" You know? Um. Oh, that's so, awesome, Emma. I didn't know that. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but we ended up going back later and had a really good time. And I have been to Sarah a couple of times um, when I've been over in LA and it, it is absolutely the most horrific restaurant you've ever been to. It's so disgusting. The food's horrible. Um, but right. you know, it's now it's just it like matter. they, they just do gang, they go gangbusters that place. You could serve anything. Exactly. It's uh, it's basically planet Hollywood now, you know, people are just there for the, it's a tourist spot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did you, were, were any of this, the, the cast members like serving when you were there? Uh, not serving, but there were, I mean, look, there's, there's a couple of guys that are, that are in that swimming pool photo shoot that were definitely working behind the bar and stuff. But the main guy Ooh. that, the main guy that approached, that was at the door and, and seated us and, or took the booking from me the, the day before when I walked past and stuff was Peter, who's the manager and he is in this episode, you know, when the girls all get naked and cozy up to mm-hmm. that guy and take the photo. Yeah, it was him. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He seems, he seems like a sweetheart actually, that guy, but yeah, he does. I mean, again, yeah. I've only just seen the one episode. No, he is. He's not a main character, but he's, he's actually the, he is the actual manager. So he's been there for years. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a, an interesting little world, but yeah, I, I do encourage you to, to keep going with it. Cause it's especially the best part is the reunions. Mm. Yeah, they always are. They always are. Cause they're, you know, they, they're asked the hard hitting questions and they're all around each other and, you know, fights break out still. Yeah. It's sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I almost, I almost went on, um, cause I watched it last night and I almost went on to watch the reunion just to, just to hear them talk about, um, the episode that I just watched. Um, cause yeah, I agree. I agree. The reunion specials of reality shows are always, always fantastic. And also the, the reunions generally that when they finish filming, they don't do the reunion until about six months later. So they're all in completely different kind of parts of their life, stages of their okay. life. So it's kind of just good to see where they're all at, you know? Yeah. 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 Check in with, check in with your homies. Yeah. That's it. You know? See if they've done any personal growth. And in this case, with Vanderpump, they never have. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. I I like this one. I think I'll I'll press on. Yeah. It's trashy, but it's good. So you got me to watch. Yeah. Let's move on uh, to what's it called? Tom and Pammy? What's it called? Pam and and Tommy and Seth Rogen. No, just Pam and Tommy. Tommy, but basically, but it's basically no. It's more like Seth Rogen with Pam and Tommy. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, yeah. And as I said to you last week, um, just seeing like the billboards or uh, you know advertisements for it, I was like, I don't remember Seth Rogen being in that sex tape. You know, <laughs> <laughs> little cameo. Little cameo. Yeah, maybe he was gonna... holding the camera. He's... He's got experience. He was in Mike and Mary make a porn or whatever it's called, you know. That's true. That's he knows true. What he's doing. I'm going <laughs> to say right off the bat, before we even begin, it's yeah. pretty disturbing watching Seth Rogen masturbate in this show. Oh, God. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, you're so used to, so used to seeing you doing comedy. And I was just like, can I take this with a grain of comedy and just kind of find this somewhat funny? And I was like, no, because he plays a massive, creepy dude. Yeah. So, yeah, really. Really, yeah. yeah. Well, they they intended to make um, to make it a, a little bit funny. Um, oh, okay, yeah. And it, Seth Rogen um, developed it. 
with Evan Evan Goldberg. So I, he, I he had, to a, ask he had you quite about a hand that. in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted um, to ask you about that because it because yeah. Anyway, do, well, before we kind of get in, do you have any background on it? Because I, I didn't know it really anything about it. Uh, I don't have a I don't have a lot of background about it. Um, yeah. I, basically, what I've sort of had a look at is, um, you know, what's been the reaction to it and um, mainly how has Pamela Anderson reacted to it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that's so I, I don't have a huge amount of information about this 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 show. Um, it might be a little bit of a quick quick shot this week because I didn't find it incredibly entertaining. Um, I mm. just think. Basically, the main reason that I wanted to bring this up is I just think it is astounding the irony of making a TV show about a non-consensual distribution of a sex tape without the subject's consent. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, this blew my mind because, uh, honestly, I I suppose we can can talk about, you know, obviously the, the production and the cinematography and all that kind of stuff. Um, in a little bit but the nitty-gritty of this is that obviously we all know the story right well we kind of know the story because it was playing out in the tabloids but I didn't actually understand the finer details of how the tape I didn't realize it was stolen by by a tradesman that was in their house I didn't realize that he accidentally stole it because he stole it with inside of a safe I mm-hmm. I had no idea that the legalities around it being released was such that they actually had no legal leg to stand on. Yeah, you know? isn't that incredible? It's they were in a position where they had to basically sign over the legal rights to it. Um, and uh, yeah, I just honestly, it just would never happen in in this mm. day and age. It just mm-hmm. wouldn't. It would never happen, especially not on this scale. And we're talking like, you know, it it, it actually. Talk, speaking of like soft releases it, it or soft launches, this was out in the world for years before it went like viral, so to speak, because there wasn't really the whole internet game at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, like, you know, this carpenter and his mate are sending it out on videotape to whoever ordered it or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it, it just ble- it blew yeah, my mind. I, and the, the use... violation. It's, oh, it's, it's atrocious. It's absolutely atrocious. They used yeah. the internet to distribute it, though. Um, That's they weren't right, yeah. showing it on the internet, but they were using it to uh, using the uh, the internet to advertise and and get orders, yeah. And get orders, okay. yeah. So so yeah, it was it was viral. Um, I mean, before it it even hit the internet, yeah. which is quite crazy. And then it just went, you know, all over the world. And Pamela, mm-hmm. while she marketed her brand was a sex symbol uh she she's not overtly sexual like she's not she's monogamous she's private Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. absolutely um and and she's she keeps her sex life incredibly private she just sort of hints at it every now and then to play into the brand but she she's incredible you know she wants to be taken seriously more than anything but she's just been kind of given Sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, Emma. I, I, was, I was just going to say, um, even if even if Pamela Anderson did porn and she was a porn actress, it's still mm. as much of a violation. Um, yeah, it's a great point. Great point. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even even Tommy at one point in the sh- in the show, I need to I need to continue to say that Tommy in the show says to her, you know, something along the lines of, oh, you know, well, you've you know, you flash your tits to the world. What's the difference, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And she yeah. fucking loses it, and I think she she punches him or throws something at him, and it's like fucking a like. Yeah, it's completely it, different. It is completely different, and I think. But do you know what that that is, that is the that is an, I guess the mentality, at of the time, was that she's asking for it, and any that was just mm-hmm. the, that was the general mentality of anybody that was overtly sexual in their appearance or whatever is you know she's asking for it, mm-hmm. and for her husband to who's also in the video and also violated. Um, Mm -hmm. which they address, you know, about how just different it is for her. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not a, it doesn't become a scar on his career or his, how he's viewed by the world. He became a hero. He became an absolute hero because of it. And she was, she was shamed. She lost everything because of it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's just, it's such a sign of the times. And in, I was thinking about this because I thought to myself, well, hold on. Then we've got this era of the Paris Hiltons and the Kim Kardashians having the same thing happen to them. Now, I don't know about Kim Kardashian and what happened there, but Paris Hilton definitely was a, was a violation and it, and she she had nothing to do with that being released whatsoever. Right. So it was, a, right. whereas with the, with the Kardashians, I'm not so sure. But they were able they were sort of in a period where they were able to swing it and use it in their favor um you know because the world's opinion on sexuality for women had changed uh, you know a little Uh bit and although probably still incredibly damaging and 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 incredibly embarrassing for them um Mm -hmm. you know they were able to swing it in their favor they were able to claw back that public image um Mm -hmm. you know i mean look if you look at Kim Kardashian I mean she's the you know, probably most famous woman on the planet now you know um mm-hmm. managed to swing it in but I just feel like they like Pammy had to walk so that they could run unfortunately this situation with with Pamela Anderson um was the first time something like this had happened to a, a you know a public figure and mm-hmm. or such a famous public figure and and so she had no blueprint on how to then claw back from this and the world wasn't ready for it you know whereas mm-hmm. she she sort of broke that mold the world had seen her and her sex tape it had been done before so by the time we got to Paris Hilton it was just like oh yeah well that's kind of like yeah Pammy's already done it it's not as shocking you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so so Paris Hilton was able to kind of get past it and, and move on and it not damage her too much but yeah, I just, I, I just, after watching this, I just couldn't believe how little I thought about this when it was happening at the time. Like how little I thought about her and the effect on yeah. her, and uh-huh. and how unfair this was. And but I we probably... were we were quite young at the time, you know. Oh, we were uh, back yeah, in yeah, nineteen ninety five. That's true. Um, we were aware. We were we were aware of it, but we were still mm. quite young. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But I, but yeah, I just, some, some of the things that came out in this story, I just couldn't believe, I just couldn't believe that they had to sign over the rights. What was the deal with that? Um, that they had to sign over the rights to the porn company that released it to the mainstream or whatever, mm-hmm. for some reason, why did they have to sign it away? I can't remember what the, what the legalities around it were. 
I believe. Oh, that, I believe. Sorry, you go. Uh, was it that if they didn't sign the rights over to them to release it, like through their stream or their distribution stream, then mm-hmm. they would send it viral for free, and so mm-hmm. the whole world would see it anyway. So by signing over the rights to these guys they could gain back a small amount of control over how many people saw it. Was that the story? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the story as I'm, as far yeah. as I'm aware as well. Yeah. And just, you just see her in that room, just like, and it doesn't, she eventually says to, to Tommy, just fucking sign it. Right. Like I'm just over it. Just, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, she, she, that's what she wants from the start. As soon as this scumbag comes in and, um, uh, proposes that idea to them she she wants to do it from from the from the very beginning and mm. I, I need to I need to make very clear here that that it's it's not 100% true to life the story as it happened yeah um yeah. so yeah this is just we're just talking about the show but in the show yeah definitely straight away that's what she wants and Tommy mm. sort of reacts as I did, and I'm sure a lot of people watching the show did, like, wow, what the fuck? How could you want to do that? Um, mm. But it makes sense. It, it does make sense. And she, because she just wants, she feels like it's closure for her um, and she just wants it to be over. Yeah. I, and I, like, I, I don't blame her, but also I can't believe she goes through all this pregnant with her first child. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I, well, yeah. I wasn't aware of that timeline either that she's pregnant mm-hmm. with Brandon. I, I had no idea that she was pregnant when all this was going down, which is just just horrific. But, yeah, honestly, I I um, I have to I have to sort of mention, I suppose, if we go back to, you know, the the first episode and I, I, I have to admit I found it a little bit boring. But I also mm-hmm. f- I felt like it was very almost Lifetime movie-esque, you know, like um, it felt like I was watching one of those kind of Lifetime movies that come on at midday, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the, that was kind of how, how it felt. And I maybe it was because, uh, I don't know, I, I also think like obviously the, the character of Tommy features in the first episode a lot more than Pamela. In fact, she's barely in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, That's correct. And he's sort of this almost like a caricature. He's so childlike and um, yeah. I guess plays it out exactly as you'd expect a famous rock star character to be. It's almost a bit kind of goofball, you know. Um, yeah. But but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether or not he's sort of like that. Because he is goofball throughout the whole thing. In fact, there's there's certain scenes where it's quite funny because he's almost a bit played to be a little bit silly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I get the impression that's what Tommy Lee was like. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah although possibly, his yeah. depiction was, was fairly, have you seen The Dirt, the Netflix no. movie based on the book? No, I haven't. I haven't. It's actually, it's on my list to watch though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that centers more around, it's sort of a younger, um, Motley Crue and Tommy Lee, um, more so than not from memory, but um, uh, yeah. yeah, I can't remember who plays him, but it is it is quite different. Um, uh, just a side note that that um, biopic 
is so true to the book. It's incredible. And the book itself is amazing because it's um, all of the members of Motley Crue telling the story of Motley Crue, but they all contradict each other. Because yeah, of course they do. They yeah, either yeah. don't remember or they want to glorify themselves. Like it's it's really quite funny. So you're sort of left going, okay, what's the actual true story of of that of that part of the band's life? Like, um, and I think the 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 Netflix movie does a really good good job at telling that story as well. Yeah, I need to watch it. Yeah, it is on my list. I keep I keep meaning to. Yeah. Oh, dude. One thing that we have to talk about though is. Lily James as Pamela Anderson. Uh-huh. She is firstly unrecognizable as Lily James. Yeah. She her performance is amazing. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And she <clears throat> she reached out to Pamela Anderson um, when she was uh, researching the role after she got the role because um, she really, really wanted her help. Um, and Pamela Anderson basically told her to get fucked and she should be ashamed of herself. Um, right. So I have heard that she wanted nothing to do with this at all. And mm-hmm. I, when I first heard that, I was just like, oh, that's a bit strange. And then I was like, no, I, stopping and thinking about it, I was like, I completely understand why she wants nothing to do with this. This is just bringing up her past trauma. Absolutely. You know, it, it was, it was, um, 100%. Absolutely. It's, um, it's horrible actually, because, you know, it's the worst, worst time in her life. And it, as we've mentioned, it destroyed her career, um, her mm. image, everything destroyed her life. Um, and to it be did... telling a story about it, like, you know, so soon after, um, is horrible. And you know what, like, um, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I mean, I, I watched it because I was intrigued. I, I was intrigued by the story. I'm, I'm intrigued by Pam and Tommy and their story. You know, it's, it's mm. in the, in the nineties, which I really enjoyed watching, you know, yeah. and I've now gotten you to watch it and I'm now talking about it on a podcast. So I'm as guilty yeah. as anyone else, but, um, it's, I mean, no, it's, but- it's astounding really. But what it's made us do, though, is that it's made us kind of relook at the situation and just and and go, oh my god, this poor woman! Like, how how did we ever, how did we ever not think about this? How did we? How have we never yeah. seen it through this lens? So in a way, yeah. I feel like it is actually a good thing because it sort of just made me stop and go, like, fucking more power to you, Pam. Like, you, you went through this, you've come out of it on the other end. I mean, she's, you know, she's she's living by. From from what I can tell, quite a lovely life in Canada. You know, like she, the yeah, I don't know. It just it made me look at her in a completely different light because I was part of that court of public opinion when all this went down. I think we all were. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, I I agree with you, Emma. I I I completely agree. I, I mean, the intention of the show. Um, I've got a little quote here. The show, the show's creators um, said that it was made with the intention of bringing just justice to the victims at the core. And mm. I agree. I think that telling that story and, and painting her in, in this light, it's a fantastic thing. And that's how we should all start viewing the situation in Pamela Anderson as a person, um, mm. you know, people's um, psyche needs to change about the whole situation. I completely agree with that, but it was done without the consent of Pamela or Tommy. And that's what's wrong about it. And mm. it's, it's brought up so much trauma 
for her it's i mean obviously um it's brought her back into the limelight um in a positive way yes i'll give it that but like it's it's for the sex tape it's because of the sex tape and she doesn't want to mm. be reminded of that um mm. she <clears throat> the only statement that she has released about it was a note that she posted on the on her twitter account um it was on a net netflix pad and it said um my life a thousand imperfections a million misperceptions wicked wild and lost nothing to live up to i can only surprise you not a victim but a but a survivor alive to tell the real story so oh wow she, yeah so netflix has been working on a series um that's cryptic isn't it on a netflix yeah, well, pad well, but I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's common knowledge that, you know, this series has been worked on now for a, a couple of years, at least, I think. Um, oh, for, about, for another, you mean another one for Netflix? For Netflix, that's correct. Yeah. Right. And it's, um, it's about Pamela Anderson's life as a whole, not focusing mm -hmm. on this, this terrible, you know, this tiny, horrible part of her life. Um, yeah. And she's heavily involved in that. And so, I mean, I don't want to pull the cart before the horse here, but mm. it seems like that um, the intention of <clears throat> um, of bringing justice to the victims of the core could be done in a much better way because that's, you know, that's what Pamela's intending to do with Netflix, you know, and that's mm. why it's sort of, to me, it feels like a bit of a cash grab, Um I mean, as soon as I saw it I, on on Disney Plus, I was like, I was like, yeah, okay, I've I've got to check that out. I'm too intrigued. Um, yeah. And it got a lot of attention. It got a lot of backlash, but obviously got a lot of attention from that as well. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I agree with you, but the more I think about it, the more this is just wrong. It's just it's just it's just. Has wrong. it has it changed your opinion of Seth Rogen? Um, you know what. <sighs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it has. I'm I, I'm actually really, I loved Nick Offerman in it. Um, mm. But, you know, again, it's just, it, I don't know, it just makes me go, oh, really? It sucks, you know, that you're, that you're involved in this. I love you so much. But he was so good in it <clears throat> um, as that sleazebag porn director. Yeah, he was um, excellent. But I think I, I'm talking more about, you know, the fact that he really wanted to get this made. Like he's obviously one no, of the. I, I know. I know what yeah. you mean. No, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, it it, ha it has a little bit. Yeah, but I, I've always sort of seen Seth Rogen like that. Like I don't I, like I, I feel like he's, you know, um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a dirty bugger. Um, Seth Rogen, as funny as he is, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's an interesting one. You know, I think I think if we just kind of look at the situation. I mean, for if we look at the situation as it was back then in the nineties. <clears throat> yeah. It, it was just, it's, it was such a violation of her and Tommy as well, you know, but like I said, the court of public opinion, the court of public opinion ruled her the inappropriate one, not him. And it's, not it's him, almost yeah. similar at the time we were going, there was a similar situation with the whole Monica Lewinsky thing, you know, that the, yeah. the, the court of yep. public opinion ruled her inappropriate, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it was just sort of this very misogynistic view that we had at the time. And 
yeah, I, it's, yeah. It's, it's interesting to look back and reflect on it by watching something like this and just being like, oh, how are we so gross back then? How, how did we yeah. not know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the producers, um, Sue Neagle, she said that um, in talking about the show, she said there was an unfair cultural response in the 90s mm-hmm. and it, bo- it bothered me then. And I think the chance to tell the story and get people to see and understand how it was nobody's business and it was nobody's right. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I agree. I completely agree with her, but the statement itself is so ironic. It's it so is ironic. ironic I know. Yeah, she made yeah. it her business to tell this story without the consent of the subjects. Yeah, so she's um, she's essentially doing the same thing because you know exactly. what? There's, there's scenes in it too where that aren't to do with the sex tape where you can loudly hear them having sex, right? A dramatic depiction of them having sex in the other room. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of like it's it's not even like they're because tra- I was like, oh, well, they're not showing any of the sex tape. They haven't dramatized any of the sex tape. That's not, you know. And then I was like, but hold on a second. They're showing them having sex pretty much constantly and her, you know, screaming at the top of her lungs during sex and him making dumb noises and whatever. And it's like, that's all dramatised. And so, you know, mm-hmm. like, who knows? They could have had, well, I guess everybody does know because if you've seen the tape, I personally haven't. But, but yeah, it's just like, God, you're just dredging up well, so they much. they talk but- about, they talk, um, in the show, Seth Rogen's sort of um, friend talks about how, um what's so special about the tape is that it's it, there's you can see so much love between them you know it's not your standard porno because it's like you can tell they fucking love each other it's really mm. really sweet mm. um so yeah i i mean it's a really good point actually like they they could have had really just sweet quiet sex who knows i mean yeah um, yeah yeah they're sort of making these assumptions yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but but look, going back to the actual film production of it and all that sort of stuff, it I don't believe it was done. From my point of view, firstly, I don't know. I feel like the script was a little bit off. I was a bit bored through a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the production quality was a little bit, like I said, a bit Lifetime movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only reason it captured my attention is because I wanted to know what was happening next in the story. But I... Mm-hmm. I did say to my partner, Luke, at one point, I was like, oh, I just want to get through this to get to the end so I know what happens. But I'm so, I'm really struggling to get through this um, Yeah, it, this it peters a little bit. It peters a little bit. I think some of their storytelling techniques are a little bit lame as well. Like, Oh, completely you know, agree with you. Yeah. The way they depict Motley Crue's sort of um, demise through, like, you know, um, uh, like how they slowly become unpopular just by like a couple of dudes rocking up to their show and like looking at them like, you know, oh, this is lame, you know, like. Oh, that scene was ridiculous. And not only was it ridiculous because yeah. of, because of, I mean, they were, they walked out. I don't know whether they were meant to look like, whether they were meant to be Nirvana and their groupies or something, but it was, it was like they're, they're doing this show outside MTV studios or something and legit, like, this is what I'm talking about with like the, the production value of it. There was like 20 extras they'd hired to come and yeah. look like they're, you know, enjoying this. Yep. It was so, it looked so low budget. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, it looked like, like they were doing, they, they, they were just doing a little show outside of a JB Hi-Fi to 20 kids. Yes. That's the thing. It was yeah. like, this is fucking Motley Crue, man. Like they're not doing yeah. some like dumb little gig. And then like what, Nirvana and their groupies just happen to stroll past and go like, oh, yeah, man. yeah. And, and like, oh, look at Motley Crue, their shirt. 
and then yeah, and Tommy yeah. Lee sees them like, oh, am I not cool anymore? Like, fuck it, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it was it it's was like, kind of a bit lazy. Like, they just don't include it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit yeah. lazy. And you know, the the actual the scenes where he was sort of explaining to Pamela certain things that had happened throughout the day, like, oh, we were meant to be the leading. Um, act in I don't know the American Music Awards or whatever or the Grammys but we got bumped to be like the you know the pre-show entertainment or whatever and he's explaining that to her um, at home privately and that that was way more believable than this dumb scene of them outside yeah exactly that's what I mean there's so many so many ways to 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 to, to depict that story oh even even like the story even the Baywatch scenes, like I was talking about before, even they were just like, you know, really terribly scripted and super low budget production. And just, yeah, it was almost a bit, even like there's a scene where she's walking out of, I think it's when she hears about, when she hears her voice on the tape, she walks out of her trailer mm-hmm. at, Bay, at the, you know, from filming Baywatch. And I don't know, someone wolf whistles and goes like, hey, Pammy or whatever. And she's like, hey, guys, you know, she's walking through. It's like that shit yeah. wouldn't happen. Like it was just yeah. dumb. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, it's, a, it's a closed fucking set. There's not going to be some random guy wolf whistling her and you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely agree, mate. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But but look, yeah. I appreciate that you got me to watch it because it, I'm glad that I did because it, it did, even though like it's that kind of, isn't it that double-edged sword of like, well, we're part of the problem because we're feeding into, you know, um, we're feeding we're, into this we're, violation. We're we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, it's completely, it's 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 made me look at things so differently. And, and so I think, yeah, I think it was probably worth, it was worth putting it out there into the stratosphere because it actually has started a conversation, um, you know, quite a bit you know that I've had a a few conversations on a few podcasts and stuff as well about it and I think it's good that it's talked about that we're all appreciating that you know Mm um yeah the 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 cultural norms at the time were just or the cultural opinions were just backwards backwards yeah and and how far we've come in such a short period of time you know yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think it's, like I said uh, when we were talking about Vanderpump, like um, 10 years ago was was a very different environment for television. Um, mm. It's so, it's it's a decade ago, like it's so recent. Um, yeah, and it's mm. it's changed so much in that time. It's, it's, it's quite interesting, quite interesting to go back and, I don't know, watch a show like this. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can so- I, I still haven't talked to you about... Um, I'm meeting Doc Brown in London. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. So what what happened? All right. So like I'd had, I'd had a really debaucherous day. This is the day when my friend uh, had arrived from Melbourne and I I picked him up from the airport in the morning and um, we just had a big day of, of, of walking around London and and visiting different pubs. And um, this was about, I think it was about 1am in the morning um and the place that we were at it was across the road from our um hostel so it was sort of like you know we'll go for one last drink here before we crash yeah um it it's um it closed and then um I asked I asked the bouncer if I could just run down and go to the toilet before I left um and you know so I went down to the toilet and I'm in I'm down in this toilet and I remember thinking like um this is so weird. Like well, I've been into so many pubs in London today and the amount of them where the toilets are like down in the basement, 
like yeah. having to go down into the, the basement to go to the toilet. I was just, I don't know, I was just thinking about it. Anyway, I heard um, this dude, he was talking to a woman outside the toilets and then he came in um, and I remember making a joke to him. I can't remember what it was and he, and he had a bit of a chuckle. And then I said to him, because I was washing my hands while he was um, at the urinal and I was like, I was like, man, like, what's with what's with all these toilets in London, like in pubs that are like in the basement? Like, what the fuck's that about? And he's like, he goes, he goes, oh, it's just because London is fucking dirty, mate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, yeah, well, you know, it's, I guess so. But like all, all big cities are dirty. He's like, nah, London's something else, mate. Walk around London in a pair of mm-hmm. white trainers and then tell mm-hmm. me that. And I was like, I was like, all right, mate, I'll give it a go. Hey, have you yeah. seen, I said to him, have you seen the movie Life on the Road? And he goes, yeah. And oh, I was no. like, I was like, because you really look like Doc Brown. And he's like, no. yeah, that's me. That's me, dude. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I said to him, I was just a bit shocked, man. Like I said to him, um, I said to him, like, look, you made that movie. He was like, well, I literally did. Like, I wrote it with with." Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. I'm doing well here. Yeah, it's I'm like doing I'm fucking just well digging here. myself deeper. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then I, um, and then I, like, I think I, I touched him on the shoulder and I said, look, I'm, I'm so sorry to, to fan fanboy here, but I think you're really awesome and it's a real pleasure to meet you. Um, Mm. and he said, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And we sort of, we walked up the stairs together and then this woman who I'd been chatting to out the front pinched me on the ass on the way up the stairs. And so I was like, oh, fuck, what the fuck? You know? And that was like, he just ran, Doc Brown just ran the fuck out of there. Like couldn't get away from me quick enough. But I feel like, I feel like he was almost telepathically asking her for help. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. Yeah, possibly. (laughs) possibly oh but that's cool but, I mean man. I didn't I, I wasn't I wasn't a hundred percent like I, I didn't you know I yeah anyway I, I honestly I was like it can't be him like I, I love this guy so much it cannot be him and yeah um that's why I, I I just assumed it wasn't and it was someone who looked like him and yeah and anyway it was it was a, a bit silly but I like the fact that I I had a genuine conversation with him. I made him laugh and then I was able mm. to tell him how much I appreciated his work and how great he was. And yeah, that's the main fair. thing. I made a bit of a dick out of myself, but still got across. No, to, it, it actually sounds like it went down pretty well. It was just a nice human, normal interaction. Uh, mind you, there's no photo. So did it really happen? Trefoil. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I did have that thought. I, oh, Cause that's what you said to me. And in your message, you were like, Oh, yeah. have you got a photo? No. Well, did it really happen then? Ah, uh, but like, <laughs> I, I did think about it when when I saw him like hightailing down the street with his um, friend or girlfriend, whoever it was. Um, I did think about it, like, oh, should I chase after him and ask for a photo? I was like, nah, the moment's done. It's over. That's it. It's, you know, I'm not yeah. a big photo person anyway, so. You know. No, that's true. But it could, like, if we were to have an Instagram account for the podcast, which maybe we will one day, that would have been awesome for the podcast Instagram page. <laughs> But you know what? That we're not we're not about that life, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, take it or leave it, mum. If you believe me, it's uh, you know, of course, mum's gonna believe me. Poor she is. Well, yeah, epic, epic story. No, no, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad that happened. Well done. Well done, you. It was it was special. It was special. I I woke up in the morning and was like, oh my god, that actually happened last night. It was um, 
yeah, it was as an as a cool little little London story. That is something you do as well. Like you would definitely like walk out of a toilet and just say that to the random person standing outside. Like, what the fuck is with the toilets being in the basement of all these pubs, man? <laughs> you know, like that—that that is something you would do. You—you—you you, you very, I very often would find you would would go out, find you talking to some random stranger in a corner about, I don't know, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, probably That's my jam, baby. It, it is your jam. Probably television. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, um, so, should we talk about what we want to recommend each other for next week? Yes, please. I'm excited about this one. Um, I would like you, please, to watch <laughs> season one, episode one of Shocker. Silicon Valley. Oh, episode one of Silicon Valley. <laughs> Don't sound confident. <laughs> well, look, I-, I feel like I might have actually watched this, but I don't know. We'll see uh yeah okay cool i'm into it um now i'm gonna get you to watch something that i want to introduce the topic of hate watching now i have uh i'm a big fan of a podcast called so bad it's good with ryan bailey uh he Mm -hmm. is an excellent podcaster he releases a podcast every single day so this this guy's just off his head um and he i think he wrote an essay on the joy of hate watching and like you know what hate watching is and so there's so much hate watching with reality tv because so much of it is so bad but we love watching it because it's so good you know which is the whole oh, that's ho- what it is i thought you meant ho- like like watching uh watching no don't worry go on <laughs> yeah so 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 this what i want you to watch is episode one of byron bays byron bays yeah, B A Babes. Byron Babes. But B A E. Yeah, my babe from Byron. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mate. So you already understand this is going to be a hate watch, right? Okay. Is that season one as well? Well, yeah, there's only one season. Thanks. Well, you know, I'll let you Is it on Hey You? I think I saw it on Hey You. No, it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix series. I've seen it. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, you only need to watch episode one really to get the idea of hate watching, but it'd be good to have the conversation. But Mm. I also thought considering Byron Bay is in the region of where someone that we know lives, I thought that maybe I could try and get our sister Kate who lives on the Gold Coast to perhaps tune in and let us know what she thinks and maybe give us a bit of like, you know, boots on the ground kind of, uh, input considering that she lives in that Byron mm. Bay kind of region region and knows all about it so um, field, field reporter KT Hawk I like yeah it. I'll try my hardest to convince her to jump on for for a little bit and give her give her opinion on it all um but um yeah see what That's you think great idea. that that really excites me awesome yeah so uh so I might need your help with it because you know she can be a bit shy but we'll get her on we'll get her on yeah, for sure. Oh, she she would only she would only bring positiveness to the podcast. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, cool. So Silicon Valley and Byron Bay's. You know what? At least we're we're talking about like geographical areas here. You know, Silicon Valley, Byron mm. Bay. Like, woo. there's already a connection. Already connection. connection. There yep. you go. Right. All right. Well, uh, that was a good chat, and um, I'm looking forward to next week. I think it'll be a goodie. I um. I have always wanted to get into Silicon Valley and I know that you're a big fan, so mm. look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I really hope you like it. Um, 
I watched it through again recently, the first time I've done that since it, it finished, um, and absolutely loved it. But they have uh, just found out recently that they've, um, uh, they're have they making a new season on it, of it, a final season, which is, which is crazy oh. because the last two seasons um, could have been endings, very easily could have been the end of the show, the way that they wrap up the season. So um, I was surprised to get this most recent season and I'm very surprised to get this next one as well, but very, very excited. So I, I, I really hope you like it, mate. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Well, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you have a, you have a good week um, and I'll uh, speak to you next week. Sweet, dude. Love you heaps. Love you too. Bye. Bye.